Hello, The Great Everything. This is a really great question because it causes you to think. The Great Everything ain't nothing to fuck with. The Great Everything ain't nothing to fuck with. The Patrick Daniel ain't nothing to fuck with. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to The Great Everything, your source for cultural discoveries. Can you dig it? Absolutely loved, loved, loved your little bit about jazz. Opera is the ultimate art form. It's not just about fat people screaming at each other. Philosophical musings. Can you dig it? The uncertainty principle proves we can't ever really know what's going on. The physical world that we see around us, the, the, the room, the stars, galaxies, is just one tiny sliver of the whole of reality. And other assorted bullshit here on Anchor. Can you dig it? Damn it, Patrick! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! It's not an S. In my world, it means hope. I'm Patrick, a former banking lawyer who saw the light and quit. Being a banking lawyer at one point in your life and then seeing the light. To dedicate my life to sharing the stuff I love with the people I love. Hey, I just want to let you know that you are my favorite station on Anchor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you guys, too. Hello, hello. Oh, shit. Testing. Okay, wait. No, no. We're live. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to The Great Everything. On a normal day, your guide to the ideas, stories, and culture that make humanity great. But uh, today is Shabbos. Uh, Shomer Shabbos. My day of rest, which means it's mainly a series of unstructured ramblings about any topic that strikes my fancy. I want to tell you about one of these little mini epiphanies that I had earlier today. So, it's kind of funny how I do Shabbos, right? Because I'm not really a religious Jew. I was brought up in a secular family, and my dad was actually an atheist Catholic, if you can make sense of that. So to me, Shabbos is just a day to dedicate exclusively to myself, right? I do nothing that I don't choose or want to do. I eat burgers and ice cream and all the bacon in the world. It really might as well just be called Me Day. So anyway, I was cooking just now, and when I cook, I usually listen to a podcast. But uh, this time I said, no, I want to watch Glow on Netflix, because I've heard great things and I love Alison Brie. So I'll watch that instead, right? And I can, too, because it's Shabbos. So, right, who's going to stop me? And so I set up my little iPad and I start watching Glow. But then I remember, hey, when I was cooking yesterday, I did the same thing. Except yesterday I was watching Cosmos instead. So... I realized that basically, Shabbos is just a day in which I do exactly the same stuff I do every other day, except feel guilty about it. Anyway, today, just like every other Shabbos, it's a shorter episode of The Great Everything, and I'll mainly be responding to Q&A questions, so keep them coming in, and we'll be talking later. Final note, if you're listening to this on Anchor, during the breaks, you'll be listening to Abba Yudaya, music from the Jewish people of Uganda. Yeah, so basically there's a group of Jews living in eastern Uganda and they've been there since the early 1900s when their leader, Semei Kakungulu Stein, I assume, converted his tribe to Judaism after figuring out that the Torah was the one true word of God. I mean, usually I'd be skeptical, right? I'd say, guys, come on, it's not that great a book. I mean, have you tried Blood Meridian? Plus, why would anyone choose to be a Jew unless you really had to? Except maybe Brian Cranston in Seinfeld. Remember him? He played a dentist who converted to Judaism because he wanted to be able to tell Jewish jokes with impunity. But with this Kakungulu guy, I've got to hand it to him. He went all in. As soon as he decided he was Jewish, he grabbed his kids, he chopped their little foreskins off, then he circumcised himself. 
So uh, he showed commitment is what I'm saying. Anyway, to this day, the Abayudaya still live there in eastern Uganda. They follow the book, they keep strict kosher, <laughs> they're much better Jews than me. And they make this amazing music that is kind of cool, kind of weird, and a kind of hilarious mix of Hebrew language, English, and African music. And one thing that cracks me up every time is when they chant Adunai, but they say it, Adunaye, which sounds like something out of The Lion King. So uh, that's what's on today. It's not much, but it's more than nothing. So. Yep, catch you after the break. Saturday, Donnie, is Shabbos, the Jewish day of rest. That means I don't work. I don't drive a car. I don't fucking ride in a car. I don't handle money. I don't turn on the oven. And I sure as shit don't fucking roll! Shabbos, Shabbos! Patrick. You mentioned that George Orwell's 1984 is one of the top 10 books you must read. So I hope that you're going to do a follow-up segment, unless I've already missed the segment you've done, on what the other nine books are. I hope that you will share those with us soon. Or, if you've already shared them, share them again. Thank you. Hey Danger, so, sorry for taking so long to respond to this. This is a really difficult question, right? Because there's so many different ways to answer it. I could answer with my 10 favorite books, which is a very different list from the one I'll give you in a bit. It's pretty much just a bunch of books by people who died 2,000 years ago, plus some fantasy. Or I could say the 10 most important books. Uh, obviously, that would be packed with Dante and Shakespeare and Goethe, Kant, Darwin. But that's not what you're asking. You're asking 10 books that everyone should read. And, you know, the important word here is everyone, which is why I'm not going to go all intellectually and fill it with philosophers and Shakespeare. These have to be books that anyone, even people who aren't into the subject, can understand and enjoy. Okay, first of all, at number one, politics. You've mentioned it, but my favorite book and the most important book of the century, I think, is Orwell's 1984. I've talked about it before. This book is wonderful, and it's a bleak warning about where our society is heading, this giant super state that keeps us under control and feeds us vacuous media and empty calories and porn and this manufactured enemy that we can all hate against while keeping us addicted to our screens through which the big brother watches us and controls our lives. It's incredibly bleak, this novel, and it's so ahead of its time. It was the first book to really change the way I think. Its biggest lesson for me was that truth is what those in power say it is. So it's scary and brilliant and thought-provoking. No less brilliant is Animal Farm, by the way, which is a radical takedown of the revolutionary ethos. No matter our intentions, Politics always corrupts us. The second book has to be about history, because if you want to understand humanity as a whole, I think the one and only choice is Sapiens by Yuval Harari, a book that traces the history of humanity from apes to smartphones, and it really ties in every discipline, from biology to linguistics and psychology and so, so much more. It's one of the most eye-opening books I've ever read, and one that gave me much deeper appreciation for why we and our societies are as they are. Three, I think we need some spirituality as well. My pe personal favorite is um, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, but that's filled with a lot of Hindu stuff that some might find a bit hokey. 
So for a more scientific approach, maybe Sam Harris's Waking Up, Spirituality Without Religion, is great at stripping away the layers of consciousness and telling us how that can lead to powerful mystical experiences. But in the end, I think the one I'm going to pick is a novel, the one by Hermann Hesse, Siddhartha, which first inspired me to delve deeper into Hinduism. It's a very short book about a young man's spiritual journey in India in the time of Buddha, and it's a very powerful and moving spiritual experience in of itself. So, more after the break. Okay, I'm back with the 10 books I think everyone should read. And just as a reminder, this is about what everyone should read. So it's also got to be what everyone can read, right? It can't be filled with massive philosophy tomes that would take special commitment and dedication to get through. So I think at this point we probably need some proper science in here, because an appreciation for science is key to a good and rounded education. And character, I'd say. And I was thinking about what's the most important science book I can think of as a non-scientist. And they were probably going to be Darwin's work on the origin of the species, but also, also I guess, um, well, Principia Mathematica by Newton would be up there. But I think it's more important to find a book that focuses on uh, helping people appreciate science as a whole, as a, you know, the scientific method, rather than a specific scientific theory. So it's got to be popular science, I guess, right? And... There's the usual books people recommend. Carl Sagan's uh, Cosmos, Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. I love Brian Greene's stuff on uh, string theory, like Fabric of the Cosmos. But in the end, maybe I'd pick the simple and easy to read The Accidental Universe by Alan Lightman. And it's slightly different from the others. is because, first of all, it's a history of science. And... It's also more balanced. It's got a touch of lyricism and poetry here and there that just make it a bit more of a rounded reading experience. Now, some philosophy. And look, there can't be a single philosopher we read, right? And a lot of them sadly do require some specialization because a lot of philosophers are kind of just responding to other philosophers. So it's a conversation. And if you're not in on the conversation, reading just one work is like walking into a movie halfway through its runtime. So instead, I'd recommend a book that is philosophical or about philosophy. I'd recommend either one of Sophie's World by Justine Gardner, because it's a children's book about a little girl's first adventure into philosophy, and it lays down the big questions and the answers given by the main thinkers in a very simple and easy to digest, and at times rather beautiful style, I'd say. But at the end of the day, I really should be recommending Le Petit Prince, The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. It's the journey of a child looking to understand, well, life, really. And it's just such a gorgeous and poetic and philosophical booklet. An absolute must-read for everyone at any age. Then, I'd also recommend a novel that is both brilliant from a literary perspective, but also extremely easy and enjoyable to read. This is about teaching people that reading great literature is and should be a pleasure. Here, I could mention Heming's, Hemingway, probably Old Man and the Sea, or Dickens's Great Expectations, or J.D. Salinger's uh, Catcher in the Rye. But instead, I'm going to go with Oscar Wilde, The Picture of Dorian Gray, because there's just something about the aesthetics and the style and the elegance of the language, and just the level of craft and wit that I think it's important that everyone learn to appreciate. 
Okay, so just three more to go, and we'll do that right after this break. Okay, so if we're talking about the ten books everyone must read, I think that's got to include understanding what our Western civilization is all about. You know, its roots, its history, and what it stands for. And that begins with an understanding of the ethos of the ancient world. Now, my favourite ancient book is, without doubt, Virgil's Aeneid, which I think is the single greatest work written by a human being in any age. But it's also slightly more specialist than the other two books I'm going to mention here, and it requires a tiny bit of background knowledge of history to really get the most of it. You should still definitely read it, but here I'm trying to find a work that really encapsulates the ancient world. The Odyssey is obviously very fun. Because it's got that fantasy element, you know, giants and witches and storms and ghosts and revenge, etc. But really, if I'm being super honest, no work captures the ethos of the ancient man better than Homer's Iliad, a perfect work start to finish, from its representation of the warrior code to the portrayal of human relationships, both with each other and with the gods, love. Honor, passion, death, and the glory and the horror of war—it's just a universal epic. So that's the one. Then, of course, we need to understand the Judeo-Christian basis of our culture. And truth is, here I might say the Bible, really, but it's just not a great book. It's very repetitive, and although it's got some beautiful passages, more often than not, it's just boring. And also, its moral intuitions are frequently inexcusable. For a book that claims to be the word of God, so、uh, you know I'm talking about the stoning, the gaze, and all that stuff. It's ridiculous. I think the greatest work in the Christian tradition is Dante's Divine Comedy, and that's another one of those universal epics I mentioned. But it too is so packed with erudite historical references that it's just another one of those where you kind of need a PhD to get the full experience. So scrap that. Instead. I'll suggest the one and only work of philosophy in this list: Saint Augustine's Confessions. This is a spiritual autobiography in which Augustine, who's a phenomenally clear thinker, by the way, talks about the conflict between the spiritual and the material domains within the soul of himself, but also every human. It's beautifully written, it's easy to read, and it's filled with marvelous philosophical insights. So that's the one to read. Finally, the third pillar of our civilization is liberalism, and you know there's many great Enlightenment writers, but if there's one book that embodies the values of what our liberal modern societies can and should stand for—freedom, equality, and justice for all—it's Lee Harper's *To Kill a Mockingbird*. Enough said on that one. I think we all agree. And my final recommendation for this list is: reading should be fun. And so, at least one book on the list has to be something that is just pure, unadulterated fun. And whatever your drug, whether it's fantasy or fiction or sci-fi or romance, pick it. But the one I'm recommending is perhaps the most fun adventure book I've ever read, and one of my favourite books ever. Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan of the Apes. If you're raising your eyebrows at this, just trust me. This thing is one of the best pieces of pop fiction you'll ever read. It's designed to hook you within ten pages. It's genius. So that's my list. It was hard compiling it because I had to leave so many other favourites. You know, Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, Kafka, Camus, Machiavelli, Lao Tse, Thucydides, and Herodotus. Oh Jesus, Herodotus! But you know, some cutting had to be done. These are my ten most important books that everyone should read. 
What are yours? Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Patrick.、Uh, it's just about my bedtime now, but.、Uh... Before I go, I just wanted to thank you all for yet again taking the time to listen to the great everything. I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate the applause and the call-ins, and the tweeting and all that stuff. I really do. Now I know that during the weekends,、uh, my output is of a slightly lesser quality than what you're used to with me during the week, but I want to explain why that is, and I know some of you understand it, but. The segments that I put out during the week, the you know, hopefully the good ones, or I like to think that they're good at least. Putting out 20 minutes or so of that every single day, the research, and then thinking it through, and then thinking about how to express exactly what I need to express in just five minutes, because there's a time limit, in a way that is valuable and concise and gets to the point and actually provides. You know, value and maybe sometimes entertainment, or even just pause for reflection, and then editing, finding the right music, and because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, getting it so that the musical cues come in just at the right moment, just the way I like it. That stuff all takes an inordinate amount of time. So, I do that every day, about twenty minutes or so of it. And、uh, it is quite difficult, and you know it requires a lot of reading and a lot of listening to music and other stuff. But during the weekends, I do like to just take some time for myself to do stuff that is of no value to anyone else, you know, including playing video games and stuff that I don't think I could possibly talk about on the Great Everything in a manner that would be of value to you. So hopefully we can get this groove going, whereby during the week I work my ass off for you guys, and during the weekend I take a bit of a break and I put out content that is mainly answering questions and maybe sharing some、uh, older content. That's the the groove that I'd like to reach with you. But of course, this is a two-way thing. So if you think that there's a better way to do this, please let me know, because I do take feedback and I do like to be challenged on my views. And this is ultimately something that I'm doing for me, but I'm also So, more importantly, doing it for you, right? So,、uh, if there's anything you think I could be doing or should be doing better, do let me know. In the meantime, thanks again for listening. Hope you have a wonderful weekend of what's left of it, and、uh, catch you tomorrow with more of the lesser great everything, the lesser everything. Good night.